Well, it's probably about well, over 20 years ago now that my grandparents finally gave up housekeeping. They lived in their home on the northwest side of Grand Rapids for, um, must have been over 50 years. And if you know, if you've lived in one house for a long time, you know that, that stuff just seems to accumulate, right? Unless you move, you never have reason to get rid of much stuff. And my grandparents never had reason to get rid of anything. So when they moved to the Holland home, 20-some years ago, we as a family had to gather around and help them process getting rid of all the stuff in their home. Some of you have done that with your parents as well. And so one of the first things we did as we went, went through all their stuff is we set aside all those things that were too personal and too precious just to sell at an estate sale. Things that needed to stay in the family, right? And then we distributed those things with grandma and grandma's blessings to those of us kids and grandkids who, who were there. And so Stacy and I, we walked away with, with a box of, of fine china dishes that my grandma loved, right? Some that were displayed in her kitchen display case. And so we packed them in a box and we took them home with us. That's what we took back from grandpa and grandma's house. And we put some of those dishes on display in our display case and kept the box of the rest of them down, down the basement safely tucked away where they wouldn't get broken. And we took those dishes with us when we moved to California, and we then packed them up, and we took them with us again when we came back to Michigan. And, and over the last 17 years while we've been here, the, the dishes that were on display got kind of rotated out, and they all ended up in the box down the basement, packed away in the box. And so finally last summer, after years of those dishes being kind of ignored down the basement, we said, you know what, maybe it's time to to move those dishes along, those fine china dishes that meant so much to, to the family. So, so we sent a message out to, to the whole family, including nieces and nephews who are setting up housekeeping of their own, and new great-grandma, and said, who would like these great china dishes that have been in the family? Crickets. Nobody was all that interested in these wonderful dishes. So, so we said, okay, we gave them their chance. Let's, let's sell them. See what we can get for these dishes. So we put them out there on the marketplace and crickets. Nobody's that interested in China. We got made all the way down to five bucks for the whole set. Couldn't get rid of them. So we finally found a place that would take them off our hands and use them in a reception venue. We left them on the doorstep happily, giving them for free. Have them. I guess they weren't quite as valuable as I'd anticipate. So if you have your retirement investment in China dishes, rethink your retirement right now. You're not going to do too well. And as I thought about that, we really made those dishes even less valuable than they could have been by not using them, right? We, we could have been eating meals off of them, enjoying them, making them useful. Instead, we had them stored down in the basement, totally useless and of no value. As I reflected on that, I thought, I think there's a spiritual lesson there in my grandma's fine china dishes for us to learn. Because throughout history, God our Father has been setting his people apart. Right? He's been setting his valuable possessions apart, and there's nothing more valuable than us, his people. But sadly, all too often, we misunderstand that process of being set apart by God. We often read Paul's command in 2 Corinthians 6, where he quotes Isaiah, where he says, Therefore, 
come out from them and be separate, right? Come out from them and be separate, be set apart. We hear that command as, as maybe an excuse for us to, to separate ourselves from the world around us. So we package ourselves up nice and safe and secure, just like that box of dishes in the basement, right? And we store ourselves away from the dangers of this world. Yes, we're protected. Yes, we are safe from this world that might challenge us, that might harm us, that might scrape us and ding us and chip us and hurt us. But we're also completely useless then, aren't we? That's how some of us treat church, this church community, as the safe place for us to hide from the dangerous world. But that isn't what God intends. Yes, I certainly hope Ivan Rest Church is a safe place for us to come apart and be strengthened and be encouraged in our faith walk. But God also then desires then that we go out from here and we be used for him. That we engage this world for the cause of his kingdom. That's exactly what God has done all throughout history, right? He sets his people apart for kingdom work, for a kingdom purpose, not just to hide them away, but so that they might actually be useful, right? He protects and he celebrates his people, and then he empowers and sends them. This setting apart begins all the way back in the, in the book of, of Genesis, right? When from all the people in the world, God chooses to set apart Abram. Right? Remember, he meets Abram, he sets him apart and says, you are going to be my chosen people. You are my special one. And you know what your purpose is? I'm going to bless you so that you will be a blessing to this whole world. So now go. He sets him apart and he sends him out to be a blessing. Then in Exodus, God sets apart another group of people, right? The Levites are set apart in the book of Exodus. They're set apart for both a special blessing and for special service. So they handle all the responsibilities of worship. They carry the ark, a task of great honor and danger. They speak the words of God to the people of God. They work the temple, proclaim the feasts and, and all the, the sacrifices. They're set aside for special service in order to be useful in the kingdom. Within the tribe of Levites, God sets aside Aaron and his family to be the priests. They're set aside for a purpose. They are the ones that offer the sacrifices. They pronounce the blessings. They go into the holy of holies. They speak on behalf of the people and listen to God on behalf of the people. They're set apart for special service. Then come the judges, the judges who are set apart to lead God's people. Samson, remember him? He was set apart from before he was even born. God said to Samson's mom, this kid's a special kid. I'm setting him apart in order to lead my nation. After the judges come the prophets. Prophets who are set apart from the people in order to speak the word of God. Jump forward to the New Testament. God continues this pattern. He still sets people apart. In Mark chapter 3, we can see Jesus in the very beginning of his ministry. And he's surrounded by, by hundreds of people who are following him, who are learning from him. And what does he do? He chooses 12 of them, and he sets them apart to be his apostles. What a great honor to be an apostle. One of the 12 set apart but what a huge responsibility as well. 
These 12 are set apart not to just be honored, but to be sent out, to bring God's word into this world. They're set apart to preach. They're set apart to drive demons out. They're set apart to do whatever it takes to grow the kingdom of God. And that's what they did. Remember after Jesus ascended into heaven? These 12, 11 and one more added to it after Judas. They're the ones who now boldly go out into all the world. And they often pay for it with their lives as martyrs. They were set apart to be sent out. Now comes us. We are the New Testament church. And God continues to set us, his people, apart in order to send us out. And how does he do that? You know, you look in the New Testament church, you see a special process of setting apart and sending out. We're going to look at those this morning. Two instances. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 6 with me. Page 887 in front of you. 887, Acts chapter 6. The, the New Testament church is young. It's just beginning. It's just starting. You have the, the apostles who are leading it. And it's growing like you wouldn't believe. And it's too much for the apostles to handle. They, they can't do everything that this church needs to be done. And so they, they talk about setting apart a special group of people to help them. And the office of deacon, that we now know as deacon, is born. Right? Seven men are set apart to care for the widows, the poor, the hungry, and other people in need. And listen to how they do that. Start at verse 5 of chapter 6. This proposal, it says, the proposal to set these seven men aside to, to do this work. Please, the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip. Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of the disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. The New Testament church surrounds these men, puts them in the middle, lays their hands on them, and empowers them, calls them, sends them to do ministry. To answer the call that God had given them. The same thing happens again. Acts chapter 13. Turn over just a few more pages. Acts 13. This time it's not seven men. This time it's two. It's Paul and Barnabas. Saul. The Paul known as Saul back then. Saul and Barnabas. Who are sent out to be the very first missionaries of this new church. Listen to how it happens. Acts 13, 1 through 3. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Mannion, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Again, with the laying on of hands, these individuals are set aside for a purpose. Notice again, God does not set them aside for just protection and safety. 
He doesn't set them aside and say, you know, Saul and Barnabas are my favorites. They're really good. So, so let's put them up here and keep them safe and secure. No, he sets them aside for a kingdom purpose, for a task, for a work that he had designed for them. And I think too often, when we do the laying on of hands, when we do the setting aside of people for specific ministry, I think we get something very wrong when we do that. We get it wrong when we just make it about us sending. Right? We lay our hands on them, a missionary who's called, um, somebody who's called to ministry. We lay our hands on them, we pray for them, and then we send them away. And we sit back and we watch them do their work. And maybe every couple of years if they're a missionary, they come back and, and, we, and they tell them stories about what God is doing. And we say, yay, good job. We send them away. And that sending can be a dangerous thing. Because it leaves us with just enough to check the imaginary box that we have in our brain that tells us when it comes to missions, check, I've done something. When it comes to telling somebody else about Jesus, check, I've done something. But that isn't the whole story of the sending piece that we do. When we lay our hands on them, we aren't just sending them away. We are committing to a profound partnership with them in ministry. Both of these New Testament stories of the laying on of hands begins a partnership. A partnership in doing ministry together. You know, I, I think sometimes we forget. We turn that ministry into a task, into a burden. We send somebody, now we have to... I think we forget what a privilege it is, what an honor we have here in the Ivan Russ family specifically to have so many people sent to full-time ministry who are directly from this congregation. Many churches don't send anyone from their own congregation. We have the privilege of sending people. So we send the Opperly family who served for 18 years internationally and now serve directly caring for missionaries all around the world. So we have Jared and Susan Bentham from our own congregation and their kids serving in Nicaraguan Christian Academy in Managua. And we're grateful for the years that Angie Johnson was there. God just called her back again. We have Michael Cunning, who just shared with us today, serving the ministry of Bridge Street House of Prayer, making a difference right here in inner city Grand Rapids. Let me tell you, the details are, are just be, finally being finalized and worked out, but probably in January, we're going to send Kyle and Marissa Verhoff and little baby Cassie out to Hungary. They're going to live in Budapest. What a privilege that we have four families from our congregation who are answering God's call to go to specific ministry. And we get to partner with them. And then we have the, we have the, the space and the ability to partner with even more people not from our direct, directly from our congregation. So we can, we can care for and encourage Kyle and Stephanie Brooks as they plant a church in Oakland. And we can support Steve and Jan Mishmerheisen in Romania and Josh and Mandy Sharda in Uganda and Larry and Ruth Spalink in Japan and Dan and Heidi Smith in Guatemala. What a privilege to partner in ministry.
But that means we need to do more than just send them on their way and wave goodbye. We have committed to partnering, especially for these, with these four families that we are the sending church for. We're committed to partnering with them in ministry. So over the next two Sundays specifically, we're going to be challenged and invited to partner with them in some very specific and practical ways to answer the question that we're asking each other this month. What can I do? What can I do? And there's plenty that each of us can do. I'm especially interested in next Sunday. Next Sunday, Renee Operly is going to be up here. She's lived on the mission field for 18 years, and she's going to help us understand how best we can pray for and encourage those that we have committed to partnering with in ministry. I'm excited to hear what she has to say to us. We need to remember, we need to always realize we are not just senders. We are partners in ministry. How do we do that well? But we are also more than just partners with others as they do ministry. Because every single one of us here has also been set apart and sent by God. You have been set apart and sent by God. He has specifically, specifically chosen each one of us for kingdom purposes right where he's placed you. In the job you have, in the factory you work at, in the office you work, in the school you go to, in the neighborhood you live in, in the family that you are a part of. He has placed you there for his kingdom purposes. That's what he proclaims in, in, in 1 Peter 2. God looks at you and says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. You are a chosen people. God in his great wisdom and mercy and grace has set each one of us apart as his people. It's a tremendous honor and a privilege to receive grace that way. Right? We've been taken from the common and been made uncommon. We've been taken from the ordinary and made extraordinary. We've been taken from being mundane to being a treasure of great worth because we've been filled with his grace and his mercy, set apart for him. You are his chosen child. And that comes with a tremendous responsibility and opportunity. You've been set apart from the ways of this world by God for a time in order then to be sent right back into that world for his kingdom service that he's designed just for you. That's what Ephesians 2 verse 10 tells us. It says, you are God's handiwork. You. You are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for you to do. There's a task for you, a kingdom task that God designed specifically for you, not for someone else, for you. There's an encounter that he's bringing to you. There's a place to serve that he has designed for you. There is someone who needs a loving, caring word that God has said, you're the one I want to make a difference. It's designed for you and nobody else can do it as well as you can. You are God's handiwork. 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for you to do. So we come here on Sundays into the safety and security of this community. It's a good place to be, a safe place to be. We come here to be encouraged, to be empowered, to be refreshed. And then we're sent out to be bold for Jesus. Sent out into this world for his purposes. We can't hide here. Right? That's exactly the pattern that Jesus worked out for his 12 disciples, for the apostles, right? For three years, he pulled them aside. He pulled them out of the crowd. He pulled them away from the world. And he said, sit at my feet. Let me teach you. Let me train you. Let me encourage you. Let me empower you. And at the end of those three years, even though they didn't think they were ready yet, Jesus looks at them and he says to them, go. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Go. Don't stay huddled up here. Go. And for them not to go, for them to say, that's too scary. I'm just going to stay. Let's stay together. That would have been tragic. That would have been disobedient to God's intent and call. And now you and I get to hear that very same command and call from God in 2018 here in West Michigan. God says to each one of us, go, I'm sending you. Yes, like lambs among wolves, I'm sending you. Go, step out of the comfort and out of the security that, will, that can make you useless. Useless. Step out of that and get into this world. Fulfill the kingdom purposes I have designed for you. You have a calling from God. I have a calling from God. He sent you. He sent me into the school, into the office, into the neighborhood, into this family, into the job that you have. To do more than make money or have fun or be comfortable. He sent you with a kingdom purpose for spiritual, eternal change in this world. He's called you. He's called me to be his voice, his hands, his feet. And for us to deny that call, for us to say no, would be tragic, would be disobedient. You have been set apart, and you have been sent out. I want you to know two profound truths about yourself this morning. If you walk away with nothing else today, know these two things. Know that God absolutely loves you, has chosen you, and you are beautiful. Like that set of china from my grandmother, you are beautifully designed and you are wonderfully made. You are beautiful. Never doubt that God loves you. And don't forget that not only are you beautiful, but you are also useful in God's eternal kingdom restoration process. He has a plan for you to use you. He made you beautiful and he made you useful. It's not either or, it's both and. God has laid his hands on you by giving you his Holy Spirit, by filling you with his grace, by saving you. The Holy Spirit's presence in your life is God laying his hands on you and saying, you are mine and I'm sending you.
Now go. So this World Tour Month, yes, we recognize and we celebrate that some people have been set apart and sent to full-time ministry or mission around the world, and that we have the privilege as a community and as individuals of supporting them, of partnering with them in mission. We don't get to send them and forget about them. We get to share that ministry with them. We'll find out how to do that better. At the same time, this World Tour Month, we recognize and we celebrate that we too have been set apart and sent out for a kingdom purpose. There are things that you can do because God has empowered you and called you to do them. That's why in front of you, in the benches in front of you, we put these what can I do cards. Grab one if you wish. Pull it out. Take a look at it. I want you to take it home with you. They're going to be in the benches throughout the month. And as you sit and listen, as you sing, as you worship, as you pray about this over the week, I want you to take this card and listen to what God is saying to you. What is God asking you to do? How is God asking you to respond in small ways or big? Dare to write it down on here and then take it home and pray about it. See if God confirms what you heard. Maybe he's going to ask you to send an email of encouragement to a missionary far away. Maybe he's going to ask you to pray specifically for a co-worker of yours by name to build a relationship with that co-worker. Maybe he is going to ask you to give financially to, to work being done in the kingdom. Maybe he's going to ask you to serve in a ministry somewhere. Maybe he's going to ask you to go and help Bridge Street House of Prayer rebuild that building because you've got that gift and that ability and you can see what will happen there. I don't know what God's going to ask you to do. But if you come here and you lay this in front of you, you say, God, I'm going to listen for your voice to say, here's some things I want you to think about doing. Write them down. Because he'll tell you. He'll give you some thoughts. Who knows? He might even call you to go on mission far away from here. You might be the next family that Ivan Rest Church gets to send far away. As we set, as we set others apart to serve within the context of this wider world, let it be a reminder to each one of us of our own calling to serve right here in this corner of the world. Every single one of us has been set apart to serve. Each one of us is beautiful and useful. Let's discover together what we can do. Would you pray with me? Father God, what an adventure you've called us to. And we confess that sometimes being on this faith adventure with you is frightening. We would prefer not to listen to you. We prefer to, to accept your grace, forgiveness, and love. We prefer to be set apart and then not sent out. We prefer to be set apart and then not called to ministry. We prefer to be set apart and then safely tucked away somewhere. But that's not what you do, Father. You set us apart for a purpose. You bless us in order to be a blessing. You call us to yourself in order to give us a calling into this world. 
And I'm eager to find out over the next weeks, Father, what you're going to have us write down on these cards. What you're going to whisper into our ears and into our hearts of things that we can do, big or small. Things that you want us to do, you've called us to do, you've prepared in advance for us to do. I thank you for this community of Ivanrest Church that is so committed to your kingdom purposes nearby and far away. And I pray for each of us as individuals that we have hearts that are open, lives that are open to seeing where you want us to be a part. Hearing you say, go, I'm sending you. And to have us say, yes, here I go, God, by your grace, by your power. Give us that kind of courage. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.